There's a mom and a young child walking down the sidewalk. Some of you might can relate to this story. And a guy walks out of the store and he offers the young man, say, would you like an orange? The little boy runs up and grabs an orange. Comes back, goes back to his mama, and his mama's looking at him like, did you forget to say something? So the little boy goes back up to the man, tugs on his sleeve, says, peel it. <laughs> so the man peels it, you know, peels the orange, you know, gives it back to the young man. He walks back to his mom, and now she's really angry, you know. And the little boy looks up, and he reads her anger. and Son, did you, you forgot to say thank you. And so the little boy's mad. He wants to eat his orange, right? So he goes walking back over and said, my mom said to say thank you. Walks back and said, I said thank you. Has anybody ever had to deal with <laughs> Had one of those kind of situations? It's interesting. Uh, children, gratitude and thankfulness uh, comes relatively late in the young life. It's, they don't naturally get that. They have to be taught it. And so they don't naturally, aren't naturally thankful. They have to be taught that. So... Um, Maybe you've run into that. If you want to go ahead and open your Bible to Luke 17, if you're a Bible flipper, that's where we're going to be this morning, Luke 17, verse 11. Jesus was on his way to Jerusalem. And as he was on his way to Jerusalem, he was passing between Samaria and Galilee. Now, the Samaritans didn't like the Jews, didn't trust them, didn't want anything to do with them. The Jews didn't like the Samaritans. They didn't want anything to do with them either, so they didn't like each other. And so there was that buffer, that area between where there wasn't a whole lot. And maybe Jesus was passing through that area so that he could miss the crowds and all the people because he was on his way to Jerusalem. And as he was on his way to Jerusalem, he comes across ten men. And they yell at him, which we know, right? If Jesus, Master... Have pity on us. Doesn't take long to figure out who they are, right? They're lepers. They have to stay a hundred paces away from everybody. They have to shout out to people so that people don't get too close. And see, leper, you've heard many of stories about leprosy, and the thing about leprosy is that it it disfigures. Okay, there's I don't want to gross you out, but here's some pictures. It, it disfigures. Apart from not having uh, being the home with your children and your family and having comfort and love and all those kind of things. See, you were paying for sin, they believed, and you're kicked out of your house, you're kicked away from all the people that you love and care about. And, you know, that thing that I love about my kids when I put them to bed is those little soft faces that get up next to my cheek when I'm telling them goodnight and that, the love that's communicated through that touch. They can't do that. But, the, but when they're disfigured like that, and, and listen, fingers fall off and noses, and, and they're made to look less than human. And they're treated that way. And so here are these lepers, and, and Jesus comes across them, and they're saying, Master, have pity on us. So Jesus said, go show yourself to the priest. And so they take off. Listen, they didn't wait. They didn't wait for Jesus to, to explain what he was talking about. They just took off. And it says, while they were on their way to show themselves to the priest, they looked at their hands, and all of a sudden they realized they'd been healed. Now, I don't know to what extent God healed them. I don't know if he grew their fingers back, if he grew their noses back on their faces, if he got rid of all the disfigurement. But when they looked at each other, they noticed that they had been healed. And now where they were looking at a bleak future, their future opened back up. 
And as Jesus and the disciples were still along their way, they noticed one coming back. And that leper comes back and he's worshiping, praising God, and he falls on his face and says, thank you, Jesus, right? And Jesus says, but wasn't there ten? We're not ten lepers cleansed, and yet only one's come back, and he's a foreigner. He's a Samaritan. And maybe those other ten just thought, well, maybe Jesus knows. He knows what's in my heart. He knows I'm thankful. But only one came back. Now, do you remember when you were cleansed? Do you remember when Jesus took a broken man or a woman, boy or girl, and you realized that you were separated from God? And he made right relationship through Jesus Christ for you? Do you remember that? Who? How excited were you on your day that you accepted Christ as your Savior? How excited were you? Who did you want to go tell? Did it bubble out of you? Did you want to run and let somebody know about it? See, those other ten, they were excited. They just wanted to tell the wrong people. They didn't want to go back and thank Jesus like they should have. They were given this incredible gift. Their futures were opened up. And they forgot to give thanks to where it was was supposed to. Now, we're in that time of year where we're trying to drum up a little thanks, ain't we? They call it what? Turkey Day? No, that's not right. What is it? Thanksgiving? Charles Dickens said something. He said, in America, we've got it backwards. He suggests instead of having one Thanksgiving Day a year, we should have 364. Use that one day a year to complain and grumble and, and be all angry at everything. And the other 364 days of year worshiping God. I I think he's on to something, don't you? 1 Thessalonians 5, 14 and 16. It says, comfort those who are frightened. Take tender care of those who are weak. And be patient with everyone. See that no one pays back evil for evil, but always try to do good to each other and to everyone else. Now listen to this. Always be joyful. Always keep on praying. And no matter what happens, always be thankful. Did you hear that? No matter what happens, no matter what happens, always be thankful. For this is God's will for those who belong to Christ Jesus. Now, listen. If you've never come to a point in a time in your life where you realize that your sin and you can't do anything about it and it has separated you from a holy God and you have accepted what Jesus did on the cross for you and by grace, through faith, you've accepted him as your Lord and Savior and now you belong to him. If you, if you haven't done that, I'm, I'm glad you're here and I hope and pray that that's something that you do. But this won't make a whole lot of sense to you because it says always be thankful For those who belong in Christ Jesus, that's the will of God for you. Now, how many of you guys think that's hard? Always be thankful. Raise your hand. All right. We've got some super spiritual people in here. Or were you just too lazy? If you're too lazy, raise your hand. Raise your hand. Okay. We've got a few of those. That that didn't make a whole lot of sense, though, did it? So you'll raise your hand for that, but you won't for the first. Anyhow, we'll work on you. 
But it says, no matter what happens, always be thankful. That's the will of God for you. So how do we do that? How do we go about making thankfulness a part of our DNA, a part of who we are? Well, the first thing is this, make thankfulness an attitude. It's good to say thank you to the Lord. Every morning tell him thank you for your kindness and every evening rejoice in all his faithfulness. Psalm 91. Actually, it's 92. Have you ever been told you need to change your attitude? Anybody here? We know y'all don't want to raise your hand because you're too late. Anybody here has said you got to change your attitude? Your wife told you that on the way to church this morning. All right, there's a couple honest people in this church. Well, you know, when I get up, my attitude follows me throughout the day. And so if I'm angry and I get up in the morning and I go to work and I walk in my office, there's people that are working hard on my behalf and for the ministry at First Baptist. And when I walk in and I'm angry, I'm going to nitpick and I'm going to find problems and I'm not going to be positive and I'm going to tear them down and I'm going to attack the things that they're doing. But if I have an attitude of thankfulness and I go into the office and I see those people working, I'm thankful that they're giving their time, their effort, their energy. I'm seeing the work that they're doing and I'm thankful that they're helping us share the gospel here at this church. See, it colors everything that I do and everything that I say and every part of my life, my attitude colors it. And we need to make thankfulness an attitude. We need to make that the attitude that we carry every single day. Charles Swindoll said, life is 10% of what happens to you and 90% of how you respond to it. The second thing is this, review God's blessings daily. If we're going to make thankfulness a part of our DNA, it's got to be our attitude, but we need to review God's blessings daily. Make a list of all the areas that you have to be thankful. And those who have reason to be thankful should continually be singing praises to the Lord, James 5. See, we need to make a practice of it, don't we? Make it a practice to see God's blessings throughout our day. It'll keep you from missing what God is doing, it'll keep you from maybe taking credit for what God is working and doing in your life. Keep you from taking things for granted. Now, right behind you, there's a card. Go ahead and behind your seat. There's a three-by-five card. We're going to practice something this morning. If there's not one, then look behind the seat that you're in or something. Find a card, pull it out. Some of you ain't moving. I'm just going to tell you, grab that card. I'll come down there with this microphone. Now, here's what I want you to do on that card. I want you to write, thank you, God, for, boom, and whatever it is. Thank you, God, for, and list something that you're thankful for. Don't, you don't have to write a paragraph. I'm not asking you to write a book. We're just asking you something you're thankful for. Everybody better be writing something in a minute. I'm going to come get you. Because if you can't think of something, guys, then there's a problem already, right? If we're going to review God's blessings daily, we've got to get in the practice of seeing God at work and saying thank you for those things. Because when we get in that habit, it keeps us from getting where they come from and failing to give God credit where credit is due. So we need to make thankfulness an attitude. We need to review God's blessings daily. And here's the last thing. Designate God as the source of of your thankfulness. Now listen to me. This is important. Make God the source of your thankfulness. Designate God as the source of your thankfulness. Since we have a kingdom nothing can destroy. 
Let us please God by serving him with thankful hearts and with holy fear and awe. Listen, if your joy and your thankfulness is tied to your circumstance, if it's tied to your circumstance, it's great, isn't it? The morning that you get up out of bed and you just wake up before the alarm goes off feeling great, you go in, your hair like fix itself, you don't even have to do it, you go, this is, well for me that's every morning, it's perfect. You walk outside, it's raining, but over you there's like a little uh, sunshine and halo and it's just shining on you everywhere you go, it's perfect, you get in your car and you're going down the road, and, and cars are moving out of your way, the lights change perfectly, you get to work, and they say, you know what? You have just been working too hard. We're going to reduce your hours, but we value you so much, we're going to increase your pay, right? And then you get in your car, and you go home that afternoon, and, and you know, husbands, your wife meet you at the door, they take you, put you in your chair, and rub your feet, say supper will be on its way, sweetie. And then, and, and then, you wives, you walk in and your husband scoops you up, carries you in, puts you on the couch, hands you your book, says, honey, I'm going to clean the house. That is a stretch. We get that. Um, then everything's great, right? Oh, I'm thankful. Oh, my gosh, you should just see. I've got so much to be thankful for. But what happens when your alarm goes off and you don't hear it and you get up late? And you can't do anything with that hair. It's like a rat slept in it all night. If you go outside and you got a flat tire... And on the way to work, you got those crazy dog-walking people everywhere. I'm sorry. If you're one of those, I apologize. I did almost hit one the other morning. It was the dog's fault. It wasn't mine. But, but then, you, you know, you get on the road and you hit every light. And then there's somebody in front of you just kind of creeping along. It's like they got a car that go, you know, 120, but they can't get past the 20. And then you get to work and they say, you know what? We just, the economy is bad. We can't give raises this year. And as a matter of fact, we've had to let a few people go, and so you're going to have to work a little bit extra because we just can't cover it all. And then you get home. Your spouse is mad at you. Your kids are making a mess and getting on your nerves. See, what happens if your joy and your thankfulness is tied to your circumstance? Then you are, you are at the mercy of whatever happens to you in this world. Your life is being dictated to by what happens and what goes on. About two weeks ago, you know, I'm a very light sleeper. So when bumps in the night happen, boom, I'm awake. And so I heard a bump. Boom. I woke up, and I go looking for boogers, right? Anybody relate to that? I go looking for around. I'm trying to find out what's going on. Uh, a booger could be in the house. Kelly wouldn't know it. She's snoring, you know. I'm looking, but I'm up, and I'm awake, and I'm looking. And so I'm trying to find what's going on. I go in the bathroom. I go look everywhere. I check on the kids, and everything's fine, and I do what I usually do. I come and lay back down in my bed, and I lay there with my ears open so I can hear if there's anything going on, and eventually I drift right back to sleep. But I laid there for a while, and I laid there for a while. It's like God said, I got you up for a reason. And I thought, oh, no, I missed something. So I get up, and I look around again, and I go in the girls' room, and I'm looking over the, you know, around to see what I could see. And it's like God said, look in the bed. And I look over, and I see Taylor, such a strong, determined girl, always willing to help. 
I said, God, thank you for that little girl who, who she's, she's so smart and works so hard. And I say, Emily Beth, and I say, God, thank you for that little girl, Emily Beth, who when I come home is bebopping around and has got so much joy and, and dancing and singing. And it just cheers me up. Thank you for Emily. And I walk in the other room and I say, God, thank you that you gave me a boy so I wouldn't be the only man in this house. <laughs> but he's such a sweet-spirited child. It, you know, watching him play football, he, he may hit you, but he, he don't want to hurt you. And he's going to help you up when he does. Because he's so sweet-spirited. And then I look and I see Belle and I say, God, thank you for Belle. You, you're talking about strong. She's just strong-willed, strong everything. She's strong. And she has so much love and empathy for others. And the other night we were praying for Miss Kathy and she, she said, Daddy, i got a good prayer to pray for Miss Kathy who just had surgery on her arm. And that's just Belle. And then there was that little voice in the back of my head that said, this ain't fair. You don't deserve this. And I'm going to tell you what, I refuse to let that voice take root. I'm not going to let it dictate my joy and my thankfulness. This world ain't all we've got, guys. He's our hope. He says, I'm going to go and I'm going to prepare a place. And when I do, I'm going to come back and I'm going to get you. And I refuse to allow that voice to take root in my life. And create bitterness in me. He is the source of our thankfulness. And listen, when God is the source of your thankfulness, you will always be thankful. That makes Thessalonians make so much more sense. How in Thessalonians he can say, listen, it is God's will that you're always thankful no matter what. But when we make thankfulness our attitude and we review what God is doing and we're giving him the proper thanks for all that he's doing, and we make him the source of our thankfulness and not our circumstances, then we can do what it says in Thessalonians. Let me ask you a question this morning. Where have you allowed that voice to sneak into your life? Where have you allowed that voice to creep in? This morning, my goal is to get out of the way and to allow God to speak in your life. And listen, I'm hoping that this morning, instead of having somebody standing in front of you talking for another 30 minutes, that you will open your heart to Jesus and that thankfulness that you have for him and all that he's doing in your life will, will overflow. And I want to make room for that this morning. So you can sit there like a bump on a log if you want to. Or you can say, God, thank you. And we will worship him with our thankfulness. Father God, thank you so much this morning for a church like First Baptist where we can come and we can worship you and bring our thanks to you, God. God, thank you for being the God that you are who didn't leave us where we were in our pain, our sickness, our misery. But God, you came to give us life and give it to us more abundantly. And Lord, we know things here aren't perfect, but we know that we serve a God who is and one day we'll make it so. And we love you and we praise you for all that you do in Jesus' name. Amen. I want you to listen to this song uh, and let it speak to your heart.
looks upon me as I struggle along. They say I am nothing, but they are so wrong. In my heart, I'm rejoicing. How I wish they could see. For your blessings on me There's a roof up above me I've a good place to sleep There's food on my table And there is shoes on my feet You gave me Your plan. 